previously on Two Mics Too Furious. This episode in particular checks a lot of boxes for me. It's a Halloween story, which I've mentioned I love. It's also a flashback story, which is a trope that I love in just about anything when you kind of get those those interspersed flashbacks and it's sort of telling a a story you know it's switching chapters right it's like go back i want to know what happens um it's doing that plus it's a little bit of a of a love story uh sort of kind of and um it's it's sort of uh, got a heist caper vibe to do it too we also welcomed our guest lita to the show while we're on the topic of uh, Halloween costumes, there's this one shot where, you, and I can't remember if it's before this scene or after, so I apologize if I'm jumping ahead. But you see the kids like trick or treating her out in their costumes. One of them is just straight up like Soviet Union. <laughs> I'm like, this is very dated to the times, is it? Not? We have a little comrade on the streets. Like, oh my god. Let's hope it's a costume. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just there in this like goddamn Bernie Sanders playing with like a hat. hammer and a scythe. Like what? I'm so yeah. So weird. <laughs> oh my. It fits. So weird. I really hope, like, again, I know nothing of of this series, but I hope this kid just blows it wide open and he's secretly like this Russian sleeper agent and he's yeah. like watching. Oh, the no. They say one word and he kills. Yeah. Dosvidanya. Yeah. That means goodbye. <laughs> And now, the conclusion of our discussion of Transformers Animated Season 1, Episode 9, Along Came a Spider, including Lita's final evaluation of this iteration of Alita 1. All that and more in our Episode 9 of Two Mics, Two Furious, Animated Transformers. Transform and roll out! (laughs) Couldn't resist. Right. And I mean, the one thing I did notice was there was this one shot where he's looking about the cubes. You see what then becomes Black Arachnia's helmet. So I was like, okay, so was that a Decepticon's previous helmet? Is that from one of the spider bots? I don't know what they're what we refer to them as here. You know what I mean? But it's like, yeah. okay, so she obviously uses that, so it's not technically a part of her. She she dons it. So I was kind of like, okay, so there there is body part of unknown origin there yeah but it is i i do i do agree i would have loved to have seen some some carcasses because i am morbid in every sense of the word (laughs) (laughs) or or even this because like you know and it's funny on this watch through i i remember i i I went through all of my notes and kind of got things and something knocked loose i was like i didn't see the helmet this time around because i remember when um uh halloween time last year we spent a lot of time talking about it because that's something that stuck out to me on that first viewing. Totally missed it this time around. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. There was like a helmet or something there. Well, yeah. Similarly, uh, I didn't even notice that helmet at all until the previous time we watched it. That was my first time catching that helmet and being like, oh my gosh, there it is. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. Even though I I'm watched so it every year I'm so happy I clocked this decade. Alita Easter egg on the first time. Like, yeah, oh my God, doing it. my job right. <laughs> Swish. <laughs> So th- there is a part of me that almost wishes that they would have made that even more 
explicit. Like, let's say this is like a helm on a dead Decepticon and like, you know, like, yeah. you know, Spider Lita like grabs it and says, because like there, there is, I mean, I'll, jumping way ahead, you know, there is the part where she's obviously malformed in some way because you, you see the, the red eyes in, in, in the blackness there. But like, there's and again this this goes to the the economics of the storytelling we almost don't need our hand held to be like oh i'm terrified by my appearance i must now don a mask it's just there you you kind of pick up that shorthand but now that we're talking about it on this level of depth i i i would have liked something maybe a little more explicit where it's like oh i don't know maybe just like um the head falls off of a, a dead body or something like that you know just something to really really sell it that there's um because really other than her line later of like you know the the decepticons get me in a way that that you autobots never do there there's really nothing to explain how she gets connected with uh with the decepticons now it would be interesting if the helmet actually had like like a, a decepticon symbol on it or something like that just like i don't know and and this is one of the other fun parts about the show because michael andrews has seen this entire series many 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 times i have not i don't know what's coming i still don't know what's coming so it, it's yes, funny it's fun kind for of everyone. watching him squirm <laughs> as i'm fumbling <laughs> Where I'm fumbling around, and we've gotten feedback on that. People, people do seem to like that because I'm just fumbling around in the dark, and I, I bet spouting you off ignorance left, right, and center. Love it. Yeah, and and, and, and occasionally I, I just let it happen. I, I feel like a, a blind squirrel in that. Like I occasionally find a nut. Also, it's just like you were right, you just weren't right yet. You know that that kind of thing. And so, but anyway, I just this time around, I wish there was just something to just seal it that much more than than just the implication uh that we got i had notes too about this helmet for whatever reason i i was like i am going to cling to the most superfluous detail ever and i just am going to hammer this until you know the and until existence but i do think that there is more to be said about this helmet is like what is the significance of it it's like if we are to assume that this was a decepticon helmet Alita then putting it on and choosing that to be her facade for like, you know, or her visage, I should say, for all intents and purposes, is a huge moment. Like at that point, she has become a Decepticon in looks almost, maybe not with like their ideology, but it's like at least she she's putting on that armor. She is hiding herself behind that veneer which i think again is like a significant moment as well and also would solidify her her distrust then moving forward when we get to that point of the autobots and everything like it's a very physical stance to take so i wish that there would have been and again 23 minutes not a lot of time but i, I would have wished that there was you know that little moment and like a little bit more of you know a beat taken with it to kind of explore like, oh, the moment or, and also just answering the question, where the fuck did it come from? I just want to know, like, <laughs> whose was it? Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to go We're never going to know. Right. It's going to piss me off. <laughs> so I, you know what, now, now that we're this deep into helmet legislation, I want to go even further now. What if this is like, like a helmet of fate type of thing? Like it's a real Dr. Fate type of situation. Like Ooh. the helmet chooses you. You know, that kind of thing. Know. 
Oh my God. <laughs> or Michael if, Anders, he's, like, he's like, none of this happens. Or maybe some like, of it. I don't know. Or what, if, <laughs> or what if it's like a green goblin helmet where it has oh its own contrast and now she has these voices. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and, and now she like has these spiders talking to her. You're and, going to take on a spider moniker. <laughs> yeah. Well, so now you have like Alita One and Black Arachnia, both of them in her head. It's like. Oh, I'm that t- would be cool. I'm telling you, there's. There's some real Shakespearean shit that could have happened There's here. There's a fanfic like, here. Someone needs to write this. I don't know who, but someone can do it. Don't look at me. Like, <laughs> we won't ever see it. It'll be 12 years later. Yeah. One well, chapter. And that's the thing, too, because, like, you know, I mean, again, well, jumping, that's great, you guys. jumping way, uh, way, way, way ahead. <laughs> You're like, that's great. We, it means nothing, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we don't know. We don't know what the dichotomy is between Alita 1 and a Black Arachnia. Where, where does one end and the other begins is there a split personality is there a different aspect and the thing that is kind of cool about not having it be so explicitly explained like we were discussing like you know we had a lot of fun in that in that discussion but i also love the ambiguity of it like it's left to your imagination to to pick apart all this stuff like you know what is the helmet what does it mean what what does it you know how does she get connected with the decepticons you know is she a different person after her transformation how much of her original personality remains uh how much of it is informed by the trauma i mean like this is uh again what one of the things that we've seen in these episodes is whether they're human characters or robot characters every villain that we see seems to have a comic book marvel comics batman style origin story everybody has a tragic origin story like this so it's it, it it's a straight up trope here in uh in tfa so but it is it is fascinating to see black arachnia who has uh traditionally been coded as a you know sultry femme fatale uh, you know, straight up villain and to see that this different take on uh on that classic character i think i think something i said six months ago is like this this is an opportunity to piss off both g1ers and beast wars fans all at the same time which uh <laughs> that in itself is is kind of french kiss the, the balls on tfa <laughs> to to just pull out a pair of middle fingers like like you're just dual wielding and just like you know putting them in the faces of two big fandoms at the same time and just rubbing it up in the in in they face like that i think that's very interesting but but yeah i i i'm unfortunately getting us way too far uh too far ahead we're we're yeah. we're, we're, we're we're still in the in the ship with the energon cubes and the eggs right Right, right. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, obviously it's sort of genetic memory at this point uh, that Alita 1 becomes Black Arachnia, but I do think we should go through the motions of it because it is such a cool uh, mm-hmm. like battle outline of what happens here. So Optimus finds what he th- thinks are Energon uh, ovals, as Mike called them, <laughs> but they're actually eggs. And now we kind of switch. Now we're doing like horror movie tropes this episode, but now we're switching from predator to straight up alien because these things come out, pop out like face huggers, which gross. The only thing worse than yeah, a full grown spider is a bunch of baby spiders. So <laughs> check these. <laughs> um, uh, so Optimus gets stuck in a web uh, as the spiders burst out, which is like pure horror nightmare Ali- nightmare yeah truly <laughs> alita shows up to save them and then the grown-up spiders attack so now everything's bad um optimus goes from bad to worse <laughs> right real quick and 
And so Optimus says, use your power. It's useless on organics, remember? Uh, you're the one that told me this earlier. Yeah, and... remember that? <laughs> right. <laughs> Mr. Mansplain? <laughs> yeah. And she does that too. She has like an eyebrow cock. Yeah, she calls like... Yeah. Yeah. She calls it, she calls back like, remember it doesn't work on organics? Like, <laughs> right. he's like, how dare you, Alita? Uh, <laughs> that's really rude. Um, how dare you correct me after I corrected <laughs> yeah. you? <laughs> Incel Optimus, love to right, see it. Right. Of course, <laughs> yeah. he means uh, don't use it on them, use it on me. So Alita downloads Optimus Scrapplers, which at this moment I was thinking about lockdown and how jealous he would be if he could just download Optimus's sweet, sweet grapplers with just a, a touch. But now they both have grapplers. I love that meme that you put out on the on the Twitter account, yeah. by the way, where where the distracted uh, bounty hunter. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the axe. <laughs> you, don't need, the grapplers. You, you don't need the grapplers. You have the axe. Exactly. <laughs> So they shoot their grapplers up to the ceiling. They ascend to relative safety. Uh, and Optimus uses an energy cube like a grenade, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, exploiting its volatile properties to bring down the roof on the spiders. I loved that scene. And they use their grapplers to free. But I wrote down Alita's limited free trial ends. Uh, and she no longer <laughs> has the grappler power. It just disappears. <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but it is very tragic. Now, I shouldn't. In her defense, she says this a couple times where it's like, yes. oh, yeah. you know, it only works for, for a limited time. Um, but Optimus and- is like, yeah, shut up. I know all about it. I've researched this. Uh- <laughs> I read the manual actually. I know. Like- <laughs> I, I Googled your power just before we got here. I know exactly how it works. <laughs> I did my own research. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than anyone's, better than Obama. You're going to be fine. <laughs> like, like, relax. <laughs> I, I oh, do man. not like this new character of Intel Optimus. <laughs> yeah. Not, not my favorite. <laughs> and and Mike's already established this is his favorite Optimus, so. Well, I hate to break it to you. But <laughs> Zero out of ten. Would not recommend. <laughs> no. Would not do again. <laughs> oh, well, at least we can say this is him in the past. Like, he's, you know, he, there's been growth. So, he's, he's that was previous yes, Optimus. Yes. Now he's better. He's seen the light. Yeah. So sadly, Alita falls. Uh, Optimus fails to use his other grappler to get her. But I am glad they had that moment man. because you know you'd have people being like, what about a second grappler? Use the second grappler. But they actually showed it being used. I think that's another bit of smart writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as the music, which is beautiful, by the way, um, as the music turns torturously melancholy, Alita falls into the explosion below. Ops reaches for her. And Sentinel, this scene is tragic. Sentinel appears just in time to see her fall and calls out to her and it's such a switch from the from the sentinel we know to like just choked up sadness in his voice as he watches her fall and now this moment is so important because now we see because the very first thing we know about sentinel and optimus is they have beef with each other and this is why now we see exactly what happened Mm -hmm. and i think it's such a shocking twist on what we know here because sentinel wants to go back for her but optimus doesn't like that's such a unique, any other optimist would be like, we must go back. You know, her, her life is more important than mine kind of a thing. Right. Um, yeah. But he's using logic here. It's the logic says, no, it's too dangerous. He doesn't detect her life sign, which isn't a throwaway line either, as we'll come to find out. Yeah. And I just wrote down, he's being a coward here, basically. Yeah. I, I had in my notes twat. So like, <laughs> <laughs> Same <enough. laughs> well, you know what I mean? Cause it's, cause it's yes. one of those where it, where it's like, 
I don't know, again, maybe this is the morbidity of me, but if my best friend were to fall into this perilous thing, I'd want to at least retrieve the body, like, to be absolutely certain. Sure. Like, I'm, I'm not going to leave your corpse here. Like, I'm at least going to go and, and get your remains. So maybe we wait it out a little bit until the fire subsides, but just to make absolutely sure that A, you are dead, and B, you're coming home. I'm not going to just leave you to be spider food and rotten decay on this other world. Like, what a horrible thing. Like, Optimus, you're a terrible friend. I am 100% with Sentinel on this one. Like, you're a bad yeah. guy. Like, what the hell is yeah, wrong with you? Real. Like, well, danger aside and everything, but... Yeah, well, and, and that's the thing, too, is uh, maybe maybe I'm misremembering this, but is there is there not further peril? Like, isn't, like, the ship going to explode or there's, like, explosions around them? Like, it feels to me that, like, it, it's not just, like, the danger has passed and we're just going to mourn or decide to go or not, but it's, like, we need to get out of here because if we don't, we're going to end up dead, too. Yeah, it's, like, a big, it's a big escape scene for sure. But still go back after like, okay, maybe you leave. But then it's like, because it's like, think about this. And we probably don't get a scene of it. But they come back, they go back to the academy, one cadet short. Yeah, so she died on this spider planet that we went to. Did no one yeah. go back for her? <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, again, it's like, maybe not in that moment. But just to leave someone. Now, granted, for plot for story i understand but logistically if that were my best friend it's like you are going to have to pry my cold dead carcass out of that hole too because i ain't leaving yeah. them <laughs> yeah well actually i think it's a great bit of restrained storytelling here too because um the implication is that optimus went back and took the blame fully and that's why he got downgraded to be sort of the leader of the you know you didn't see the leader but in the first episode um they're they're like they're just like a space bridge crew. Like they're just construction mm -hmm. workers basically, but we know Optimus had some like role in the military before this. And this, what we're seeing, not only is this the origin of the beef with Sentinel, but, but that Optimus like went back and, you know, it, it ended his career. So he did sort of take Good. the blame, but, but yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <he's quite right. laughs> That's what you fucking get. <laughs> yeah. For real. But, but yeah, it is a big, I mean, it's a tragic scene for a number of reasons. I mean, a character dying, um, an end of a friendship and an end of a, a promising career about to happen. So a lot of things, a lot of things died in that scene. And the last scene we see of Alita is her fighting off a horde of spiders. And this is where all these lines about her power doesn't work on organics really pays off because now we just, we're really horrified because we're like, there's nothing she can do. Yeah. Um, yeah, her her power is so cool, but as long as another Cybertronian is around, now she's just out of luck. Yeah, yeah, she's and there's weird. there's nothing that they can do either to like step in and and to save it. So uh, from their point of view, it's like you kind of hope that it's like it's the explosion that gets her, and the suffering ends quickly. Yeah, but right, right. Which still, we we know does not happen. Does not happen. <laughs> that, that, so. would, that would be too too merciful, uh, and not not no. enough deep seated trauma for uh, for, yeah, for, for, <laughs> not enough emotional damage here yet. <laughs> exactly. One one little bit I wanted to loop back around to before we leave the uh, the flashback for good here, where Sentinel is is screaming at Optimus. He's like, you know. <laughs> Is it though? 
Sentinel was the one that wanted to go after Treasure. Sentinel was the one that said, well, uh, hey, man, you know, we're, we never get in over our heads. Oh, Forbidden Planet, whatever. You know, yeah. I, and and obviously it, it's projection. He's projecting his his anger and his grief and his suffering onto Optimus. But like Homeboy needs to take a step back and, and understand his own choices um, he, he's not without responsibility in this situation. And again, I won't know. So like Michael, like correct us if we're, if I'm wrong here and assuming, but it's like, does he ever have a moment later on, or maybe he does or doesn't have a moment later on where he does take that accountability where it's like, Hey, you know, it was the both of us and, and it was Alita's fault as well. Like we all had autonomy and consciously made these, like, you don't have to answer, but this is me, you know, just, <laughs> this is me just like, you know, she sees Pie me covering sky. my ears. I'm like, la, 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 la. I will just but nod like, knowingly here. Yeah, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, I wonder, or rather it would be interesting to see if there is a moment down the line where this is revisited and there's a, a place for him to take that accountability. Because as we said, it's like Optimus came back. He lost everything. It sounds like Sentinel, you know, obviously didn't take the same amount of responsibility for it. But understand that he played as much of a role in what, transpired as Optimus and honestly as Alita like even though she ultimately paid for it they were all willing participants of it at the same time you know what I mean yeah. so that is true that's true that yeah you know at, at any one time any one of those three could have said hey man how about we don't do this so so in a sense it, it's not I, I guess I'm just trying to make the case for it's not any one person's fault there unfortunately right. there's enough blame to go around which is the worst kind of trauma tragedy right yeah because you want so badly in this moment to blame someone and yet damn, well and especially when it the the person that you were the closest to of the trio is the one to ultimately meet their end and you're left with the person you were already kind of on the outs with or not as close yeah. with it just gives more credence to the fact of like i knew i never should have liked you or i never should have trusted you and you know all those horrible vile things that we spew out of anger and and yeah. grief yeah yeah survivors it, it validates yeah it, it validates your preconceived notion of this person and your dislike and distrust for them now you have something to pin it to that's tangible which absolutely. is also tragic absolutely absolutely Oof, that one hurts yikes yeah that wow. smites <laughs> <Yeah>. ouch <laughs> I would say this is, uh, Mike, maybe you disagree, but I would say this is as tragic as anything in Ratchet's flashback. I mean, there was a little bit more like the the medical side of it and the war side of it, uh, yeah. but this is also pretty damn sad. This, this is team. more deeply personal. Yeah, it's it's sad, but yeah, I mean, the Ratchet stuff ha has that um, he specifically has to make a choice. Here, yeah. this, this is this is misadventure this this is kind yeah. of like this this more than ratchet stuff that this is when childhood ends you know that kind of thing yeah this is yeah. like when, a different kind of tragedy yeah yeah mm -hmm. the, the, it's like you were at a certain time at your life there's a a defining tragedy of this group of people and now nobody is the same after this so it's it, it's very similar to the ratchet stuff but it's it, it's on a it's on a different level. And I think it's because it's shared trauma instead of insular singular trauma that, that ratchet has to endure. And really with the ratchet stuff, it culminates with ratchet 
opening up to his friends and opens himself up to to soften his heart to be like you know what i can talk about this stuff rather than just being a an abrasive jerk about it this as we see again jumping all the way to the end this doesn't have any of that everyone is has, it carries the same trauma it nothing is resolved and in fact now it's just that much worse yeah it's festered yeah. over time right and and now that optimus and black arachnia know of each other's existence that makes it that much harder i wonder you know we, we've done so much speculation about sentinel i wonder what would happen if sentinel were to find out you know has he has he encountered black arachnia before has he encountered these decepticons before mm. what would his response be uh would it be similar to optimus's would it would it be would it be different because again as as we talked about earlier in the episode they're they're shown as a pair they're they're it's implied that they're together so sentinel knowing the the brief amount that i do of kind of like his his uh trajectory like for me my my impression is that he throws himself in into his work and he becomes sentinel prime and he's very much that that guy that he seemed to always want to want to be and you know is so has so much contempt for optimus but like what happens when that guy who was born on this day sees that re mirror reflected back at him i never really thought about it before but it's um it, it's something interesting to consider yeah no comment <laughs> right. I love it. michael andrews your silence is damning yeah <laughs> to be determined uh, at a later moving date. on back to the present yeah uh, please no back at uh, halloween but, yeah yeah i was gonna say much much like me uh we're back to the present and bulkhead uh makes a great joke to lighten the mood from this horrible tragic moment <laughs> yes yes um but i do like this line a lot because we're back to the present and they're talking about uh bumblebee's talking about the spider and how he sees this huge alien spider and bulkhead's like huge alien life forms coming to earth you gotta be kidding <laughs> oh like that's what we are. <laughs> but I'm bumped. Yeah, great, great moment. Uh, but there are huge alien life forms because one sneaks up on them, and the big spider appears and uh, snatches Sari. And Bumblebee uses stingers to sting her free. And this is a big twist for them. This must have blown their fucking minds because the spider transforms, and not only does it transform, but it transforms into a Decepticon. Now, this a scene really one. hit differently for yeah, me. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Woo, doggy. That's why. <laughs> I mean, you could practically hear it. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> Yeah, this is a this is a biggie for them because um, I mean I know they've had their experiences with Decepticons now, but like I think this is the closest Bumblebee's ever been up close and personal with like a Decepticon, Decepticon, and yeah, and he's still on that cusp of like, do they exist even at this moment? And it's just like, oh shit, and it's something he's never seen before because it's like a half organic transformer. Yeah, like I just can't imagine what's going through his head at this moment. It, it has to be just like run. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and and of course, um, you know more more bulkhead than uh, than Bumblebee, obviously, as we see. But there's there's a little bit of like you know, oh man. So not only is it a Decepticon, not only is it organic, but also a gaga gaga girl. So so there there is yeah. uh, there is a little bit about that that adolescent excitement there as well. 
Yeah. Well, and I also think it's great too, because, you know, Sari gets captured and freed. And then even though she's like coming off of being captured, yes. she's still like, yeah, she's a girl. When they're asking what she is, <laughs> it's like, it's so great. I, I love and this. She, she, uh, sorry, sorry becomes Shania Twain at that point. She's like, Duh, she, she's just a girl, whatever. <laughs> that don't impress me much. She's like, let's go, girls. Right now they're on the same side all of a sudden. Like, I love yeah. boys, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, then it yeah, also so, just goes to prove that that classic Kipling quote, like the female of the species more deadly than the male. And we, we soon see that <laughs> as she yeah. dispatches them in quick succession. Totally. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So she introduces herself as Black Arachnia, and uh, we see her use her feminine wiles on the boy bots. And this scene kind of was interesting to me because at first to me, it read as like stereotypical of the female character in the moment. But also this is just sort of reaching back to, I think, the original Black Arachnia character. So I don't know if it was written to be sort of like, you know, cringy and the, and the writer didn't know any better as much as it is sort of hearkening back to mm-hmm. um, the Black Arachnia we know or from both. the series. Or, <laughs> or both. both. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Who's to say? 2000, it's 2008. It was a weird time. So it was different times. Different times. Well, because, yeah, I mean, I mean, Black Arachnia is canonically slinky. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I mean, she has the sultry voice and uh, uh, not to be prurient here or creepy, but like it was it was weird in like the late 90s to to see a robot character explicitly with a uh, pardon boobs. Beads. So it's like so that 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 uh, aggressive <laughs> femininity oh, that that yeah exactly but but it, it, so I I think that that is a uh whether it's it's comfortable or not it, it is a component of the black arachnia character yeah yeah very oh, yeah, much definitely. like a like an echo of like Catwoman esque like femme fatale yeah. uh, trope there in action and even the music cues and the motifs had like a little bit of that sultry undertone and cue to it as well so it's like okay yeah. we we know what's happening here and again it's it's a tool in the tool chest of you know dispatching enemies smart well, a smart yeah, way to do it say, <laughs> yeah the difference uh you know between yeah. a cringy character being like overly sexy for over sexiness sake and then like just to show that boys are dumb uh, i think i like the <laughs> boys are dumb angle to it so i, I mean it's true one of my favorites uh, so- <laughs> So she only uses this little act for a minute um, and then she stabs Bulkhead. And I think it's so cool because we all think we know what's getting set up by her being sort of like coming on to him a little bit. And then, bam, these cyber fangs come out and just stab uh, into Bulkhead. And uh, they have a very familiar glow that we've seen before. So mm-hmm. if you didn't know this was Alita 1 already, yeah. we're definitely on track. If you couldn't tell. But it's also interesting in the way that this download happens, whereas previously it was just a simple touch now it's so much more aggressive like she is piercing them she's puncturing them in order to extract like yeah that extract them and then also she may she says this line about like you know my venom derives from organic sources now it's not it's not only like a defensive maneuver it's also a attack (laughs) yeah well and then so sorry tries to save bulkhead with the key uh but bulkhead just won't turn over 
Yeah. We're going to need um, to jumpstart this one. <laughs> right. But I think this is so interesting because then Black Arachnia's l- next line is, you're safe now, let's go. And we realized she wasn't trying to capture Sorry, She was like, these horrible Autobots, I've seen what they do. Uh, let's let's get you out of here. Um, and Sorry explains this to her friends. I just think that's such a like like a crazy twist on what I thought was happening. It's also touching. It's like, we love to see it. We love to see someone looking out for little girls out there. It's like, love that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But but Uh, it is is interesting though. Like, I mean, obviously we know that Alita one now black arachnia has a, a steeped distrust and hatred of Autobots, but the mechanics of what actually happened, it was more neglect and cowardice not i mean like i i don't know if there's anything in that origin to lead black arachnia to believe that um that the autobots are a bunch of kidnappers it's like i mean they're, they're not like vague eastern european traffickers or something it's like that they're, they're not they're not like the villains from taken or something like that it just the, the note falls kind of weird like I, I understand what what lita's saying it's like you know you like to see it and and um obviously uh girls being defended but it also seems kind of weirdly misplaced it's also one of those two where it's like we're assuming that she is being genuine with this as well it could very well be like a lie and this is like a a, a trick like as she then proceeds to do later which i'm sure you know we'll talk about where it's like you know, maybe she, yeah, she saw the key and was like, oh, I need, I need her to like, trust me. I need her to like, you know, come with me so I can use her and like this. I'm not going it, to, it's going to be harder if she puts up a fight. So let's make a friend angle first. Right. Yeah, and then yeah, when exactly. that option expires, it's okay. Now we have to up the ante. So it's like, maybe, maybe it was just like, oh yeah, come with me, kid. Like now that I saved you, you can trust me. <laughs> like, yeah. Except you can't. Well, yeah, that's a great point because then then we establish next that Black Arachnia knows about the AllSpark um, and she comments on Sari's costume. I just think, I mean, we all know what's about to happen, but I think this is such a great unraveling of the sweater here because mm-hmm. uh, she knows about the AllSpark. She, com- she makes a little comment about Sari's Optimus costume, wants the key. Optimus appears, uses his grapplers to stop Black Arachnia, but she recognizes Optimus. That's clue number two. Um, she sprouts a stinger cannon and zaps herself free of the grappler cord. Uh, and Sari says, hey, that's Bumblebee's thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's clue number three. Clue number four is she says she's just borrowing it. So now we know it's a limited free trial. And <laughs> she also borrowed Bulkhead's strength. And I think this is cool because now we find out that mm-hmm. Bulkhead's ability is his strength. Uh, and so she uses that. And she could crush Optimus to his death right there, but doesn't. Like the pumpkin we saw earlier. <laughs> yes, we Thankfully all know. she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, but yeah, this is, so yeah, if you didn't know it by now, this is where it very clearly is that this used to be Alita 1. And and the look on Optimus uh, when he realizes it and the, and the sound in his voice is like crushing, right? Like he mm-hmm. all of a sudden, he's like, no, no, this is... This is Worse true. Like than it's my that worst nightmare. Of, yeah, yeah. That moment when you realize something impossible is true. Th- there's something about it that's like scarier than any other. Yeah. Emotion. Well, yeah. And, and 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 a couple few things to unpack here. One, um, I I I I love I love the older over the shoulder line delivery of uh, complimenting Sari's costume. She's just like nice costume, by the way. You know, and I just, I, I just love 
the 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 stinging subtlety of it because you know the the audience may not have picked up that explicitly this this is alita one at this point but it's like so there there is a little bit of like sarcastic menace in that in that line delivery that that i really liked but i also wanted to talk a little bit about this this fight between optimus and black arachnia where it's like He's using all of his academy tactics, and she knows all of his moves. She even tells him, it's like, oh. <laughs> I know all your moves, Optimus. Pure textbook Autobot Academy. And it, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Scarlet Witch confronting Thanos in, in the Endgame, where she, you know, she's coming at him with like all of her rage. It's like, you took everything from me. And, and Thanos is like, bitch, I don't even know who you are. And, and Optimus, <laughs> he kind of has that same one. He's like, do I know you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's clue number five, right? Uh, now, now that there, there can be no doubt. Yeah. Alita one. It's Black Arachnia now. But I thought you were... Yeah, it's 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 brutal. And then this is where I think it gets really brilliant because then we have another flashback, but this one's from Alita's perspective. I mean, the flashback is is well established as a, as a tool in this show, and now we're getting but now we're getting one from Alita's perspective where she comes to after the fall in desperation. I mean, we all know at this point it's not going to work, but she tries to use her download ability on the spiders, and it does kind of work, but instead it infects her with organic venom, which I think is cool and like a really smart play off of this whole power thing. And then she mutates very grotesquely into black oh. rack. You know, like it yeah, is we're talking like, about horror movies. This is like the fly. It's like, ooh. yeah, yeah. It nails all of them, right? Ugh. Yeah, it, it happens. And it also reminded me of that scene in Blade with like anytime like the vampire gets stabbed with uh, oh, the, yeah. the coagulant. Like, oh, yeah, with, with the, the blue the oh, serum there. Yeah, the blue yeah. stuff. Yeah, 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 just the the bulging of the body and the right, veins, right. It's super but then also gross. with with Cree Summers scream, it's just like, <laughs> like yeah, ick, ick, Ugh, ick. don't like totally. this, <laughs> do not like this. <laughs> it is capital. U and then this upset. is where we have. Uh, so this is where she gets uh, ashamed of her face, and obviously we see the multiple eyes we've been waiting for. And then this is where she clearly takes the helmet seen earlier to hide herself and helmet of unknown origin. Yeah. <laughs> And it is sad. It's sort of that, like her, it's sad that her first instinct was like, well, now I'm disgusting. Right. And like, uh, yeah, that, that really, you know, points to the, to the growth of the character into the Decepticon. We know just the shame she felt from some so early on must've just grown over the years. Well, and, and somewhere around the way that, that shame did turn inside out at some point to become empowering like Black Arachnia, when we see her uh, menacing the Autobots, menacing Sari, menacing Optimus, she's an empowered character. So she's not like, oh, you know, she's she's not timid. I mean, again, you know, we made all of our adolescent smart mouth jokes earlier about, you know, she's a bubba bubba babe, you know, that that kind of thing. <laughs> but 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 there but there is a certain amount of confidence that she exudes, and. Maybe I'm overstepping a little bit here, but thinking about how we see Black Arachnia versus how we see um, Alita One, Alita One is obviously brave and badass, but when she takes on the mantle of Black Arachnia and, and asserts into that persona, 
there is, I would say, even more of a confidence and swagger. It's certainly different energy, but it's like it's she's almost better than, you know, she she's almost like a, a more empowered individual than when she was when she was Alita. I think it's also like to me, this scene made me think of Breaking Bad and, you know, spoilers if no one's seen it but there's a scene where walter white has a confrontation with with his wife skylar and he has this incredible line that always stays with me where it's like you think i'm in danger i am the danger i am the one who knocks and that was like kind of that moment where it's like okay like he is heisenberg walter white is is dead kind of like a moment i think we're kind of seeing a similar situation with black arachnia here it's like you become that which you fear Mm. and knowing that she is now dangerous she is now feared that is where her power comes from and now she uses it and she can use it against people like even like we can just see how like how terrified bumblebee and bulkhead were just to see her in spider form but now knowing that she's like a full-fledged like bot who can you know walk talk is a decepticon like she is dangerous she is powerful with that danger and i think that's where that empowerment and that that character development came from like that day alita one died and black arachnia was truly born mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah oh that's great i love that take and, and literally literally like like michael andrews was saying earlier and i i apologize if i if i'm stomping on your on your toes here but like you go back to the the life sign scanning thing where it's like yeah because that life sign ended Alita one died. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's that sort of, uh, you know, the Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker syndrome, like where does one start and one end? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, is, is she, is there a chance that she's still in there or has it become so mutated that you are now someone completely irrecognizable? And I imagine there's going to be this kind of conflict, you know, throughout the series that delves into it, but just seeing it firsthand and, and so raw and so visceral was it, it gave me goosebumps. It really did. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Um, yeah, and Mike, like you were saying, uh, I also think that is a really like beautiful way to play it too, of like the life sign detector didn't work on her anymore. But I also just like that as a bit of science fiction writing and a throwback to a line that could have been a throwaway, but now we know why that scan didn't work. And that actually really hurts Optimus because he was so reliant upon that, that, scanner that and he blew it right like he he was too busy relying on logic and technology to go with his heart and his gut and go back into the fight um so that's a really really great moment and and he's hurt by this he's hurt uh but only for a second until he realizes she's aligned with the decepticons and then old school optimus kicks in right this is unacceptable you can't condone Mm -hmm. joining the decepticons under any circumstances even as a survival tactic and what a what a dick thing to do right like that's again the, proving the worst like yeah, asshole. yeah. Like, <laughs> i know i really like i don't love optimus in this episode and it's just it's just like look what she went through how dare you you know say anything wrong with the way she chose to survive and well, like her only option and it's even more interesting, and I can't remember if this little conversation happens before or after their initial scuffle, because I believe there was like two scuffles that they have. But at one point, he says, like, you know, had I known, I would have gone back for you. Had I known you survived that, I would have gone back for you. And 
black arachnia comes back at him with the what so you could like take me back so i could be experimented on and like cut open on a slab and there's this one moment of silence and you see his face and it's that shared silence of like understanding like yeah that probably would have happened but also like you're right (laughs) like as well which is also equally damning i think and again solidifies her take it's like yeah like even if you had come back for me you would have just caused me even more pain so either way we are never going to resolve this problem and how dare you come after me for how i've had to been forced to relive my life now yeah get that mansplaining out of here (laughs) shut that shit down (laughs) (laughs) no shit uh, yeah, she even says that line too about the Decepticons of at least I know where I stand with them. And yeah. I just thought, what a cold burn. Like, oh man, mm. that stinks. Pour that some stinks. ice water on that burn, baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, Does anybody have any aloe vera? Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh, Black Arachnia proceeds to take Sari's key. And I think we're at twist on twist on twist on twist here of, of subverting expectations because we all assume Whiplash she just wants episode. the key. Yeah, we all assume she just wants the key for the Decepticon cause, but she wants it for herself. She thinks this key is is the key to purging her organic half. <laughs> I think that's like, I think that's like really tragic because you know she thinks this is gonna work. Like even though she's you know adapted this new persona and she's all in on evil, she still wants to be who she was. I think that's a really kind of beautiful moment and most tragic tragic of all it doesn't work yeah yeah you know you'd think the the key would be all about this um but it is not no no and in fact it has even more uh tragic and immediate consequences as, as we you know see like like the the sky darken and like there there's the this wave that turns the the lush green foliage which incidentally in in autumn time wouldn't necessarily be lush and green yeah in detroit it would be looking it would look dead so it's like <laughs> but it now it's even like, deader yeah. yes yes indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well then the ramifications we see as those waves when they hit sorry and age her like 80 years it's like oh my god it reminded me of that scene in the disney hercules when he's swimming through like the river of death and like mm. age and we're watching him age. I was like, Oh, that is disgusting. And it was even more disgusting when I watched it again and was reminded of that watching this episode and seeing poor little sorry look like she's about to become a husk of a person. It was yeah. like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, Oh my yeah. God. Well, it was, it was like zombie esque a little bit. It's like walking yeah. dead. And like now we're hitting another Halloween movie trope. Um so I think they this is this is that moment in the show where I'm like, you almost didn't need this. You almost didn't need to like have this reaction over the whole city. But it did it did uh ratchet up the tension as well as get some more of those horror elements into the Halloween episode. Yeah, it was Absolutely very wild. striking imagery. It's also again we're talking about ramifications. So it's like okay, so for sorry who is a child and can age 80 years and still have maybe a, a decade to kick. What about anyone who was older? Did they just die? Did these people just age out and die? Are there dead bodies <laughs> oh, no. now? Or is that oh my like, gosh. 
Did I we turn back that, that clock? Like, like poor little grandma handing out candy. She would have aged to like 150. Like, no way. <laughs> just the minute the beam turns on, just ah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like again, <laughs> again, likely don't think about it, Lita. You're getting way out into the booties. But things that keep me up at night. That was one yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and uh, um, Lita, you haven't yeah, I haven't met this character, but uh, Michael Anders. What about your dude, Nino Sexton? What what about Nanosec? Yeah. That dude is now super dead. Super dead. Yeah, because yeah I wrote he, that down. Was, I did write down we Nanosec. Had another uh, <laughs> I know two back-to-back rapid aging episodes. What is what are they trying to tell us? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, like like aging is like a weird theme of of TFA. I don't I don't know aging, if- body modification. Uh there's definitely a story being told here. It's a definite allegory. <laughs> yeah, they were like, hey, kids, don't forget, you are aging rapidly, as is everyone around you whom you love. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, Jason, it's like, an allegory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, as if millennials haven't suffered enough. Hey, I know we're struggling through the fucking recession in 2008. Yeah. But how about existential dread on top of that? I'm kidding. <laughs> and it's no like we're wonder. so busy trying to kill all these industries yeah. and now we have to worry yeah. about this. It's so hard. Oh my God. <laughs> it's especially upsetting to see sorry get all all wizened and sickened and all that yeah. stuff. Because like she doesn't age like a person would age. Like it's not like she like grows up and like you know like you see her get like taller and then wither or something like that. No, she's just she's just teeny tiny child. So she just looks like a, a wizened child. <laughs> Some real big Yoda energy. She turns into a Yoda. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say she almost looks like ET, and then I was like yeah. thinking about the ET Halloween scene, and I was getting all like, oh man, there's yeah. something there. <laughs> No, it was like literal rapid degeneration. And yet yeah. in a child's body, it's just like layer upon mm-hmm. layer of just nightmare fuel, honestly, this Truly. entire thing. Bone chilling. And yeah. then we see, uh, I speaking of scary stuff, then we see uh, Black Arachnia as her most chilling when she just tosses Sari over the edge of the building, just like, peace. Uh, I was like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> and, uh, but, but you, you're going to be cool. dead real soon anyway. Yeah, um, really. Right, just a dead leaf in your gutter. It's like, you know what, kid? I like you. Here's a mercy kill. So like, yeah. you could just yeah. go splat. It's like, oh, it's so But cool. it leads to one of my favorite scenes in this whole show. And I know I mentioned this before when last time we covered it, but I just love that we get to see Bulkhead and Bumblebee doing the Colossus and Wolverine thing of like throwing Bumblebee up into the air to catch her. And then if that wasn't cool enough, Bumblebee turns into a car to use his tires and airbag to uh, cushion the blow for, for old lady. Sorry. (laughs) Man, they really made Volkswagen's last back in the day. (laughs) Like, yeah, really. (laughs) It can fall 70 stories and take all the damage. (laughs) I'd be totally fine. I, uh, I, I love coming back to this Michael Anders because, you know, like you said, the, the iconic fastball special, but it's rewarding for me coming back around in this context because now I've seen the episodes where everybody is picking on Bumblebee for his size. You know, it's like picking on him for being a little guy. So when 
Bumblebee says, "Little help for the vertically challenged." Coming right up. Um, <laughs> I, I think he's he's kind of kind of made peace with it. What uh, uh, what do you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, finally we're you know he's like just owning up to it. It can be can be used to an advantage. I mean, yeah, we saw it in the in Homes where the spark is. Like he's faster. He's more nimble. He can do all these things that the other Autobots can't do. They still give him shit for it, but forget it. I mean, he's doing things that none of them can do. Well, and it also kind of circles back to one of those classic Transformer ideas where every form serves a function. So, and it's like, had Bumblebee been larger, Bulkhead, even with the strength, may not have been able to throw him in time to catch Sari to prevent her, you know, demise. So, again, it is one of those kind of beautiful, like, full circle moments, chef kiss, French kiss. We love to see it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, Mike, yeah, I was yeah. thinking back to the last episode, too, where um, uh, Bumblebee kept forgetting to transform uh, and Ratchet having to actually like remind him he's a transformer and he can transform. It's almost like he learned his lesson in this episode, right? Like now we're seeing yeah. him use his transformation in a new kind of, you know, un-Bumblebee way that we haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about this, too, because I was like, maybe we need another score. Uh, going back to Ryan Jett's uh, Let Cars Be Cars. Like, is this the Let Cars Be Cars score? Is this like 10 out of 10 Let Cars Be Cars? Cars doing car stuff? I, I love it. Yeah, you know, that's because uh, that—that's what we need. More legislation. You know, we—I yes. I thought we had retired numbered legislation, but now it's—it's uh, it's time for more. I guess I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Our stuff. people are suffering and dying while you discuss it in committees. <laughs> yes, you gotta get, gotta put that clip in. I need to hear it. Yes. The courts take even longer to decide things than the Senate. Our people are dying, Senator. We must do something quickly to stop the Federation. All right. So meanwhile, back to the show. Meanwhile, uh, Black Arachne is being overwhelmed by the key. Um, and it's sad because it's not working. It's not doing what you want to do. In fact, it's the opposite. Now it's actually like, you know, draining her in some way. Yep. And, and Optimus has to save her. And it's a little bit of a bittersweet moment because I didn't want to see Optimus save her because of his crimes. But, but he does. <laughs> and there is sort of a tender moment between the two. And yeah, and then you get to the come closer, I need to tell you something, which just hurts. And then you get the Black Arachnia classic hiss and, and takes his powers to escape. Um, and what yeah. a great play off of, you know, their, their last time they saw each other when she took his power and it didn't work. Now it's working. Yeah. Reclamation. <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> Totally. Well, and something I wanted to come back to also, you know, we, we talked way at the beginning about the dynamic between Alita One, Sentinel, and Optimus. And is he, um, is Optimus thinking he's going to get some smooches here? Ooh. Oh, absolutely. He definitely was going in for it with those luscious lips, man. They were ready. They were primed <laughs> and ready to go. Hey. Looks around, no Sentinel. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but there's and it and it makes you retroactively wonder what was the dynamic behind that dynamic did optimus have a torch for for alita you know is is there it was optimus stuck in the friend zone when when you think about it from from this context it seems odd that that he would be interested in in smooches unless Oh man, you guys, you guys, 
Unless, unless Play you... it on me, Mike. Let's do this. Let's <laughs> let's let's light this candle. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we came here on this Sunday morning to be gremlins, so let's be fucking gremlins. These are energy unhinged. We're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> He's a uh, maybe he maybe he wasn't so much into Alita One, but perhaps he, there's something about Black Arachnia that he is very much into. Maybe he's got a spider thing. I don't know. Well, I was thinking it, it <laughs> might have to do... He's got a thing for bad girls. Well, yeah, I was thinking yeah. it might have something to do with his like obsession with history. And maybe it's not just an obsession with history. Maybe it's specifically about Decepticons. And it's like, whoa, mama, I have a Decepticon right here in front of me. Maybe he's got a little Decepticon fetish. Got a Decepticon kink who doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> she's a girl on top of but it. But also even better, a techno-organic so it's like, oh my god, like a whole new world. And I have a history with her. I already have an <laughs> in. <laughs> oh, mama. I mean, honestly, Intel Optimus has come a long way, but I'm I'm 100 behind him <laughs> shooting his shot. Like I I totally would do. Like if yeah. if Black Arachnia were to just kind of waltz up to me, come here closer, I want to tell you something. I'd be like, yes, mommy, whatever you want. Yeah, for real. <laughs> you know what I want. Like, like yes, mommy, hair and ponytail ready for service. Like, what do you it's mean? Late, it's Halloween night. I've been breathing the fumigation yeah. fumes. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's, either, it's either you or Michael Myers, and I'm taking my chances. Yeah, with yeah. You. <laughs> he, he's all like, "Step on me, spider mommy." <laughs> Truly, but it is it is kind of interesting because it is one of those two where it's like, yeah, maybe there was a little bit of like you know threes a crowd, but sure. also kind of like a you know sometimes you have those feelings you kind of have to keep them reserved because maybe they're unrequited maybe they're not reciprocated so maybe the fact that she was kind of appearing as though she were coming on to him and he was like okay like let's see where this goes like yeah. maybe she's forgiven me maybe maybe it wasn't just smooches maybe it was just a ability or an opportunity to reclaim an intimacy in some sort of a way like whether platonic maybe subtly tinged as romantic but a way to kind of bridge this divide and i think that makes it particularly painful or venomous if you want to say when mm, it's not i do <laughs> you know what i mean I'm like oh my god but once again just just the bait and switch blue balling us op leader shippers and that was <laughs> i wrote it in my notes unforgivable sin <laughs> so <Yeah>. jail <laughs> it's like yeah, right. damn it now i gotta wait 15 years for something else now but oh well <laughs> yeah oh brutal brutal uh but anyway, back to the show, Optimus. We, we get to the big finale here. <laughs> Moving Mommy right and daddy issues aside. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think, speaking of tender moments, uh, for me, the biggest tender moment I wrote, even tenderer, is when Optimus gives Sari back her key. And they have that little moment. Um, because I think one of the things we're missing for the tragedy of this episode is like, uh, you know, for how much Sari looks up to Optimus, uh, we kind of saw her get kind of pushed to the side and even them arguing and stuff like that. So, so I think, you know, more than anything, we needed this moment to see those two kind of patch things up and Optimus giving her back her key is a huge moment because so far, all we know about Optimus is he doesn't think she should have the key or he's worried about her at the very least. He's worried about her relationship with the key. Yeah. Yeah, it was a beautiful reconciliation and like a chicker tender moment. Like it was, it was really nice. Yeah. And then even more interestingly, 
is the the final scene of the show uh, on a rooftop, Black Arachnia sobs. Um, yep. That that all you know you almost didn't need to put that in, but it's interesting that they did. It says a lot about the character in just that last little glimpse of the episode and how much she is still hurting like as far as she has come you also have to think like optimus being triggered and seeing her she must be as equally triggered because i mean think about it he is ultimately the one who made her this way like the amount of blame the the self-hatred the loathing and that just all of those emotions culminating into like this new personification of herself that she has had to retrospectively create as a result of his actions seeing the person who has you know done this to you it it almost kind of echoed and i know i'm going to catch flack for making this you know comparison but that line in the obi-wan series where an obi-wan and vader see each other and obi-wan says like what have you become and we have that beautiful line from Hayden Christian and I am what you made me that's kind of like the undertone of what I got and so when we see her once again alone on the rooftop like crying and and you know sobbing and stuff that moment of vulnerability it's like yeah she is she isn't impenetrable you know like she is still broken and bitter and all all of that as well which i i really like that they included like you know as much as there is that air of confidence and danger and power that you know we were talking about earlier there is still that vulnerability and that that like tender moment like within her and and that trigger as well that she keeps so guarded and she had to let it out very sad (laughs) made me very sad (laughs) Absolutely. I, I was going to say Big you're sad. right at home comparing this show to prequel era Star Wars because the, I have done it every episode so far. Oh, excellent. Good. So, yeah, <laughs> you've, it. you've uh, checked that box for this episode. Thank you. Look at this. <laughs> That's what I get for love doing to, a love podcast to be with a bunch of millennials. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> In, insert derogatory millennial trope here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go over here and not afford to buy a house ever because of crippling debt. Thanks, Boomer. (laughs) (laughs) Good Lord. That one smarts because this is taking place, like, or this episode was released in 2008, back when, again, crisis, and now we're back in another crisis. So it's like, it's funny. We were talking about circle moments. I like how this is one of them. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's bizarrely cyclical. It's it's very... uh, it, it's it, it's frustrating. Um, uh, one one button I wanted to leave it on. You know, uh, uh, Lita, uh, uh, thanks for your your insight. That was very eloquently um, said. It also reminded me of the ending of Batman Returns. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's like you know, I mean, it's not as profound, but just the the actual imagery of like a full moon illuminating the entire scene, and when Catwoman's head just pops up, it's like. Uh, Again, I, ju- I, I just felt that 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 same energy, and what a cool way to end a Halloween episode on a mm-hmm. on a big, bright, big ass full moon. Yeah, yeah, classic. Totally good, good stuff. Um, so yeah, so that that kind of wraps up the episode, and uh, before we get into 
our, our G1 score, and of course, everybody's favorite, the Michael Andrews uh, pre-coup, haiku preview of, uh, of the next episode. We've been talking so much about like the individual plot beats, and we've been talking about you know the dichotomy between the, the Alita One character, now Black Arachnia, but I don't feel like we've necessarily gotten into the, the larger condensed thesis, if you will, of really, um, Lita, I would like to give you the floor and uh, give you the opportunity to talk about what your take on this particular character is now that we've gone through uh, the, the entire episode and we've seen where this character goes. Right. Well, let me open up my uh, PowerPoint presentation here. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, it honestly can all be condensed because I thought a lot about it. And it's the same thought that I had previously, even before seeing the episode in its entirety, all those many years ago, was that this is not Alita One. And I'll tell you why. For me, this take was very much echoing War Dawn in that it's like we're seeing... Dion and Orion Pax and Ariel, they're not at their full peak forms yet. Like, like they're, they're still cadets, they're these kids, but the characteristics, while she did have like, you know, the bravery, the fun, the spunk, all these characteristics of Alita one that, you know, we came to have recognized and seen now more fully fledged with like the rise of Alita in more popular culture. To me, it, it, is more aligned with Ariel. And so Alita isn't so much a character as she is just the name. And then we have Black Arachnia. So, and and this is something that I just kind of like came up with. And I know there's other people who feel this way as well. Even just in looking at her design, like we have that robotic ponytail look, that's an Ariel trope. My biggest gripe, she's not pink. And you know what? I'm just gonna have to, you know, get over that one, but I won't. <laughs> Not today. You know what I mean? It's like, it just, it's not Alita. It's not Alita in the sense of, you know, this almost mythical, legendary leader as we come to see. So it's, it's really just kind of like a name at this point rather than Alita, Alita, which is why for all the praise I've bestowed upon throughout the episode, I'm still not on board. And it hurts me to say and I know I'm going to catch some more flack. So, you know, adding it to my list of sins. But to me, this is not Alita 1. So I still don't really classify her as Alita canon content in, in what I regard Alita. I'm like, this is Ariel. And even more so, it's it's Black Arachnia. Like, to me, it's just Black Arachnia. And then it was like pre-Black Arachnia. And I also just in general am not a fan of Alita one relegation into black arachnia relegation into man pain, like these tropes that we discussed before. So that was another slight that I had yeah. against this episode and why I didn't watch it previously. Cause I was like, I know I'm not going to like it. I don't like what I'm seeing. And even though I watched it and it's like, okay, I liked it a lot more than what I, I thought. And I'll be the first to admit it. I'm still jilted with the fact that it's like okay we're getting alita one great except we're not she's not alita she's spider lady (laughs) and even worse it's it's kind of like oh it's setting up this conflict between sentinel and optimus and and mostly optimus so again i don't know the rest of the series so maybe there is a little bit more character development like on her part and we get to see her kind of like fleshed out a little bit more but again it's it's black arachnia it's not alita so 
again, Alita baited once, once more. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of the theme here, but yeah, that's, that's kind of like my, my condensed thoughts and feelings. If that makes sense, it feels very like (laughs) biased, but no, it's, it, it's, Spot on. Yeah. I mean, I, I get you and, and I've, I've never had the same sort of connection to the character. So for me, it was just kind of like, I, I'm all for just like turning this into, you know, a different thing. Like, like I was one of the people that thought it would be cool if, uh, you know, Shuri became uh, Ironheart, but then there's mm-hmm. the whole group of people that are like, no, those are two separate characters. Like, don't you dare. So I kind of like that twist on things. So for me, this was kind of cool episode, but, but I can see your perspective of it too. And I was yeah. wondering too, along with that and the whole pink thing, like, where do we think these colors came from? Do we have an answer on that? Does anyone, does that look no. like anything we've seen before? Like, no, I and don't. it's, you know, it's been debated in the bowels of Alita Tumblr fandom, <laughs> by which I mean <laughs> me and two other people. <laughs> so it's like, you know what I mean? So it's like, we've, we've talked about it before and ultimately, so I can't take, I can't take credit for this, but a friend of mine way back when, uh, did say, oh, it's it's probably just like an animation thing, like because the scenes and the backgrounds were so dark, if and there was energon around, so all the explosions were kind of like pinky looking. Coloring standpoint, it maybe would have just clashed a little too much, so they needed to change her colors to stand out and and oh, be different. Right. And then also when it's like when she's black arachnia, she's she's purple. Purple is kind of like close to pink. So again, it's like you want opposite spectrum ends color wise to me i was like bullshit they just wanted rc to be pink and they were lazy <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah well and, and it is it is a a major spoiler for for shows you haven't seen but we've seen rc um rc mm-hmm. has returned in uh in transformers animated and i don't know if i'm ready to haul off on a half cooked uh, white knight perspective here but like the treatment of female transformers in transformers animated so far hasn't been super great mm-hmm. um and, and i i would rope in the the rc stuff in there too because she's has a not an entirely similar arc to alita but it's she's shown to be canonically badass and then basically gets lobotomized and and it and it's heartbreaking and really it it is a form of fridging in that like rc's trauma is a footnote or a chapter more accurately uh a profound chapter in ratchet's story what happens to alita one is almost more important to the story of both Sentinel Prime and Optimus Prime and Black Arachnia, who is now a separate character, than it is about Alita One. And the thing that to also keep in mind is, you know, I could stick my neck out there and say that, but the thing that we have to keep in mind that it it was a different time. I mean, I mean, I, I know that that's, that's lame and making excuses, and I'm not completely excusing the treatment, but it is, I think sometimes context is important. And I think another thing with regards to Alita 1 specifically, there was fuck all Alita 1 content. She, she was an abandoned, unused character. She's just a name in 2008. So yes. I, w- I would imagine that the creators of the show were just like what what g1-esque fossil can we dig up 
to use for this role? Who's not being used? Who, who hasn't been used in years? You know, it, it very easily could have been any other character, I suppose. It could have been Firestar or Moonracer or Chromia, you know. Oh, um, Moonracer. Oh, Moonracer. You know, and, 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 and so, yeah, so like, uh, in a sense, what, what what's resonating with me now, Lita, is that we can say now from a 2023, through a 2023 kaleidoscope, that that it probably would have served everybody better if they'd have just called this character Ariel instead of Alita One. But I would think that, that the Ariel iteration of that character would have even less impact. Like, you know, let's yes. say I'm a... Like I'm a G1er in 2008. Oh shit, Alita One. That that's a name I've not heard in a long time. A it's long been 84 time. years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and so so it's interesting to keep that that context in mind. And also, the the thing that I think is a, a really good reminder for me: every character is somebody's favorite character. And, you know, uh, like, you know, th th there's a lot of discourse going on with like, you know, stuff going on in the in the Marvel MCU. It's like, hey, that's that's not an Adam Warlock, you know, and it's just like, dude, the movies have been doing this forever. It's like, you know, you get a yes. lot of name only. So I, I I condemn kind of the the more fridgy aspects of the way that that the stories go, but I also do on a level because Alita one is not my favorite character. Sorry. Um, You're forgiven. It's fine. <laughs> I also appreciate the, the name reuse to, you know, how to kind of like recanonize something and kind of get it back into the, the um, lexicon. I, 100. I think, and it's, yeah, 100. And it's like, you know, not to cut you off, but it's like, it is one of those things that it's like, you know, it ha has been debated amongst the Alita One Council, again, me and two other people. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean when you talk about it? Because it is one of those where it's like, she was at that time, and until 2020, so underutilized, like she had not been used or mentioned in practically anything up until this point. So when you think you're going to be getting, you know, like a, a chocolate chip muffin, you end up getting blueberry. There's a sense of disappointment. It's like, listen, I'm hungry. I'm still going to eat it. Doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> so you know what I mean? But it is also one of those things as well, where I definitely understand they probably chose the name because it's like, oh, we need some something that'll, you know, be grabby Easter eggy for the G1 parents who are watching this with their, their children. But also it makes sense because it's like, well, canonically, Alita did have a relationship with Optimus Prime. So that tracks. It's like, you know, friendship or whatever. And so it's mm -hmm. like you can understand those undertones and things as well. But it's also like, okay, which is the lesser of the two evils? You you get a character that isn't the character that is so beloved but is going by their name. Or you get a stand-in because, honestly, it could have just been anyone else, in in my opinion. So it is kind of one of those where it's like, not a complete bait and switch it's more so like i was i was expecting one thing i didn't get it i can still appreciate it but it is like there is that little bit of you know disappointment with it mm -hmm. but sure you know now now i'm now i'm placated because i'm a glutton with like work of cybertron coming out earth spark the new transformers one movie that was announced with alita being in it so now it's like okay you know what i'm satisfied i don't have to gripe as much on this anymore because i am <laughs> at a buffet right now so who am i to gripe <laughs> and complain so hard-hitting journalist question mode 
Uh, If you could go back in time and stop this character from being named Alita one and just being called something else, would you have done it and saved that name drop for a property down the line? Or would you let it roll? Yes, I would have, I would have, I would have made it someone else. Cause I also feel like it's, it's a bit of a gimmick for black arachne as well as, as like her own character. I would have preferred it just maybe have just been a new character entirely. You know what I mean? And just have it be a, an OC who can stand on her own, two feet without having to have like a Easter egg ish gimmick. But once again, egregious sin, 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 sin. Smoking hot take. My microphone <laughs> take me is to burning. church. <laughs> I love it. No, no, this, th- this is a terrific conversation. I, I, I love it. But um, Michael Andrews, you, I, I kind of, I kind of got to pontificate a little bit and we, we certainly got the, the straight facts from the expert. Where do you sit in all this? Yeah, well, you've given me a lot to think about, Lita. Uh, it's really <laughs> now I hate this episode. No, um, no, not at all. No, no, uh, no. I still, I still really like this reiteration. And Mike, we've talked uh, many times about how I am a weird Transformers fan because I love when things are really different from the source material. Um, that's why I love the the live action movies so much. Like every time they just turn the other direction, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, stick it to them. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm psycho. For- Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Give it. Fucking but, millennials. I, Good lord. But yeah, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't have that same connection to to the G1 characters, so it was okay for me. I still really like I still like the character design a lot. I think it's really original and cool. I like the download powers. Um mm. I think love, that all tracked. I love the download powers. Let's yeah, get that. Let's yeah. not get that twisted. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Yeah, I think that's super cool. And and still this remains uh I will say it still remains uh probably what I would say is my favorite episode of the show. Wow. I mean, for good reason. There's a lot of good things. I just, you know, Looking through the lens of simp, <laughs> there were some yeah. notes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, and I might strictly be looking through the lens of I love Halloween episodes of stuff. I Hell just yeah. think there's such a Halloweeny vibe there, and I could watch it all year long. Yeah, something for everyone. See, and and I can split the difference uh, because, like <laughs> you know, I I'm really enjoying the journey of uh, of going through Transformers animated. It's it's you know had I I I here's a hot take I I'm glad I let it pass by that that I didn't watch it because it's far more rewarding for me now especially sharing it with friends because like all of these the themes and subtext 2008 would have just just flown right over my head so I I appreciate the opportunity to talk about this 23 minute episode for going on three hours and 23 minutes uh, <laughs> uh, with my friends mining all of the uh, all the the subtlety and nuance and and theme and because there, there there's so much going on in these shows there there is wait for it truly more than meets the eye with a he said the thing. Um, he said the thing. But no, it, it's it it's interesting how far ahead of its time TFA was. Like I I can under I understand why it's beloved, but I can also see why it didn't necessarily have the longevity because we're what three seasons, fifty something episodes, something like that. So not an, enough to give us 
you know, uh, plenty of podcast material, but not so much where you, you could see why it, it eventually comes to an end and that and that's going to be a sad day when we uh when we run out of uh, uh tfa to talk about which is fine because then we can talk about a uh, dark of the moon uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about dark of the moon you know we should I was actually going to say if you guys want like a real real hot take <laughs> i was a child when this was airing like 2008 like about grade eight ish so you know adolescent this would have been my prime i didn't yeah. like it then and I don't like it now. <laughs> it still Ooh. has, it has not changed my mind. <laughs> like I can appreciate it, but I am not going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh. And, and, and that's a fair, <laughs> no, no, I, 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 appreciate I, I, no, just, for I what killed, we're doing here. Thanks I killed Michael Andrews. <laughs> yeah. I know. I was like, I'm so sorry. That's I'm great. sorry. Can we, put, can we use that tagline for promoting the show? That's really good. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, no, I like the podcast more than the actual show. Like that's and that's credit to you guys. Like I like hearing what you guys have to say about the show more more than the actual show. There's a lot of good things, but it's Thank like you. you know, I think it's one of those without the nostalgia without the nostalgia lens, it misses me, and that's okay. You know what? I have Bayformers, I have Prime, I have Earthspark, I have Work for Cybertron. Right. I'm I'm good. Like it's it's Absolutely. also 100% because I'm just bitter about Alita. That's why. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> to the surprise of exactly nobody. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, that's, uh, um, I was going to, oh, I, I, I was going to say something about uh, kind of agreeing with you about Optimus here, because like, this is not the episode to change hearts and minds. You know, yeah. it's, it, it is, it is kind of interesting, because even enjoying this journey, I was like, I don't, I, I, I don't know what's happening here. But why, why does my tummy feel funny? Um, that, uh, <laughs> that, that kind of thing. You're just um, hungry. Get a Snickers. But, all right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But let's let's kind of move on to the uh, um, final stages of this conversation. We got a couple uh, segments to to knock out before uh, before we head out. And uh, next up, I believe, is the G1 score, if I if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of while, while we're all rating and judging this episode, Mike, go ahead and give it a numerical score. <laughs> you know, I'm usually very esoteric and philosophical about what goes into my G1 score. Um, I, I'm going to keep it uh, very uh, succinct this time around uh, to the surprise of everyone. Um, I'm going to give this episode on the G1 scale a 1.7 very low um the lowest g1 score i um i have given one of these episodes so far um and i think the only reason it rates that high is because of the inclusion of energon cubes uh which are are very explicitly g1 energon cubes so i thought that that was uh very welcomed but i think everything else that goes into it uh like uh like lita really put out there it's like th this is this is not any kind of uh, recognizable Alita One. This this is label slapped Alita One, and that um, if she was at least pink, that that would drive the score up. Uh, maybe maybe another couple points, but but there there's like if you're watching this as a G one uh, G one fan, you're going to be offended because uh, Optimus Prime is is a coward. No thanks. He he's not girlfriend boyfriend girlfriend with with Alita One no thanks you know, that, that 
that kind of thing. And and most egregiously of all, you got a fucking Beast Wars character in here. Get the fuck out of here. Truck, not monkey. Truck, not monkey. There it is. So, so yeah. It, uh, so, yeah, so that, that is, my, is my G1 score. Whew. Oh, my God. Well, I hate it too, guys. It sucked. Uh, <laughs> we can see the tears glimmering in the corner of his eyes. He just loves this episode so much. Yeah, he's like, yeah, this this is so stupid. I hate it. Like, yeah, 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 you guys. I was, I was, I was just saying that. Joking. Yeah, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. (laughs) Gross. Garbage. Trash. Absolute trash. (laughs) Michael, you go first because I'm still ruminating. I'm glad. I'm glad that we all have these different takes on it. Uh, I think we can come all come away with with uh, a new opinions on this this episode so love it yeah 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 well and and it's and it's so cool and and it speaks to the power of art that you know it's it's subjective and you can have different interpretations of it and just look at the journey we all went on together as as we're discussing this and really for for me and me and michael andrews discussing it for the second time and it's a very different conversation than the, than the one we had six months ago i'm really uh grateful yeah. that that we had the opportunity to hash it out this way rather than just us getting back in the studio and just to saying like, Hey, so you still like the episode, huh? Yeah. I, I, I still like it too. And scene <laughs> like it's a <laughs> smash the like button. <laughs> Eat yeah. Make good choices. Or Stay something. tuned for more content. <laughs> <laughs> After the jump. <laughs> good Lord. Um, do we, do we want to do a lights and siren score? Do we care about that for this episode? Well, there's almost no lights and sirens in this, so I would give it a very yeah. low lights and sirens score. But if you we want, can we can talk for score. an extra. We can we can talk for a half an hour about what the lights and sirens score actually is. I think that's something that's. Why more don't we Why don't we do a do. Halloween rating score, like a spooky score, because it was a very Halloween esque theme score. There's oh, a lot of great. good Halloween stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. absolutely. Well, you don't, whatever you do, don't give it a rookie score. Make sure you give it an Olympic score. So I'm going to go ahead <laughs> and give this one uh, as a connoisseur of Halloween episodes. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think I'll be giving this a Halloween score of uh, 9.7. Very mm. Halloween y. Very Halloween y. Nice. I'm inclined to agree. I've, you know, conferred with my other love, which is Halloween, everything spooky. This had a lot of really good elements to it. You can really see that they had taken their love and called upon different properties. So I am going to go with a 9.6. Wow. The Halloween score. I love it. And <laughs> and I'm just going to I'm going to give the score just for the sake of being cheeky and provocative. My uh, my Halloween spooky score for Along Came a Spider is six point six six. Oh, chilling! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! We should have had to say we should have given our scores with like the Count Dracula voices. Like I give the score <laughs> nine point <laughs> six. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. One two. <laughs> <laughs> what is my score? One, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, two, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, point three, 
uh, uh, crack, 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 crack. Get the get the crackling lightning, lightning in there. Get a, um, um, what what is what is? Why do I keep forgetting this? What what does Bumblebee call himself when he's using the Blitzwing voice? Count. Dracubot. 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 I want to drink your motor oil. <laughs> Welcome. That alone deserves like a five out of five. Like that was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and and Comrade Kid. I'm still not over Comrade Kid. Like <laughs> honestly, that made it for me. <laughs> oh my hey, gosh, Comrade Kid. I should cut I that out. <laughs> friends uh th- this has been an incredibly fun conversation but our but our time is running short but i wanted to make sure before we got out of here and yes of course before we get to the 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 famous pre-coup haiku um we're, we're not gonna try to miss that again like i did that one time uh but um alita thank you so much for taking the time to join us this this was an absolute blast Yes, thank you so much for having me. Was very excited to be called up to join you guys for this. And hey, even though it wasn't for me, this series, I'm always happy to come back and and shoot the shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, get a get a true well, ignorant opinion so that you have to watch another episode of this show. Do we'll it every every Black yeah. Arachnia episode. I'm there. Like, call me up. <laughs> Will do. I I hope there's more because like oh, I'm, I no well, comment. <laughs> Well, it's so weird. I mean, I'm digging it myself in a hole I can't get out of, but like, like, it is so weird that like these foundational iconic episodes are still in single digits. We aren't even to episode 10 yet. And like all the uh, iconic episodes that folks keep talking about, oh man, you you got the lockdown episode. You got the ratchet trauma episode. They're the same episode. Um, you know, you got, you got the RC episode. Also that same episode. There, there's so many things that fans have like parsed out as like separate things. They're all like, in this first run of like the first nine yeah. or so episodes, it, it's really, it, it's really wild. But to the point where it's like, do these characters even recur? I don't even know. I mean, again, so far for like Earthbound Decepticons, we've had Starscream trying to get the Allspark and Black Arachnia in this episode, like eight episodes later. So, like, Earthbound Decepticons have not been a threat at all. Uh, we're too busy fucking around with human supervillains, which, while I enjoy, <laughs> it's just like, I'm like, is, is, is something going to happen here at some shit, point? Shit will, get real, shit will get real once Megatron shows up, is, is my general takeaway and yeah. what I've heard. So, s- stay tuned for Megatron, I guess, Mike. Like, <laughs> that's, when, that's when the going gets good. Like. And yeah. and no Megatron check in this uh, this time also, which I also thought was was pretty interesting. But do you uh, know that thing uh, in TV shows where they show you like a happy fun episode right before everything gets really bad? That's what season <laughs> one of Transformers Animated is. So buckle up when you get to season <laughs> or two or like three. every comic book ending that James Roberts has ever written. <laughs> like <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but. But when do the happy episodes happen? Because it's all just been steeped in trauma and deep hurting. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> it's all trauma all the time. But I welcome to millennial existence, Mike. Enjoy your stay. There it is. There it is. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, let's uh, um, before uh, before we part ways. Uh, first of all, uh, Lita, do you have anything that you would like to promote that you got uh, got coming up? Uh, other than or myself, that you're doing? Uh, 
Well, uh, well, well, yes. No, I've, I've been a very bad fandom contributor. Um, <laughs> you can follow me, though, on Twitter at LaLaLita with underscore, 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 four underscores there on Twitter. Um, I also have a link tree in my bio, which will give you the link trees to my Instagram. Uh, you can find me there as well. Um, as I mentioned previously, I am a fanfic writer, not particularly active because of burnout, but I am currently working on a fic called edge of oblivion i'm hoping to get the next chapter out soon you can read that on archive of our own that is also linked in our link tree you can find me there as well as la la lita uh otherwise that's that's about it for me folks so stay tuned say hi if you see me lurking around and if i am able to make an appearance at tfcon toronto come seek me out say hi and we'll get a drink at the bar nice <laughs> Well, and, uh, you know, folks will be seeing you again sooner than uh, than they think. Not necessarily here on Two Mics, Too Furious, but since the three of us are together, we, we are half of Mike and the Earth Sparkles. So I just want to let folks know that coming up on the Mike Seibert Radio podcast feed, uh, it is the return of Mike and the Earth Sparkles and um, the three of us, along with our friend uh, Joe Bot and General Techno, uh, we'll be uh, discussing the second half of season one of Transformers Earthspark on uh, on Paramount Plus. Currently, uh, we're going to be talking a lot about diversity and inclusion and how right wingers are fucking assholes. And hashtag fuck turfs. Yes, yes, as always. As <laughs> Once always. again, <laughs> just in case it was not clear. Fuck turfs. Uh, but anyway, so so that will be coming up. So look look for that. Um, uh, on my podcast feed, uh, Mike Cyber Radio podcast feed, but that's uh, that is about f- it for me, Michael Andrews. What is happening in the future? Yeah, let's bring down the house lights of Cafe Furious here. Uh, we're going to have a dramatic haiku reading. Here we go. Birthday goes berserk. Heavy metal Toy Story. Cyber will be amped all right i like it (laughs) (laughs) i just might have to watch that episode of transformers animated hooked me yes (laughs) and 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 i think i think that will that, that will wrap it up for this uh this exciting episode stick around through the credits to learn how to connect with Two Mics Too Furious on all the social media platforms and on the internets, and um, I, I know I know May is uh, over by the time you'll be listening to this, but it's not at the time we're recording it because time travel. But uh, but May was is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month, so I just want to let everyone know to take care of each other, take care of yourselves, and until next time, make good choices and eat some pizza. Lita, you're welcome to say something pithy as well. Oh, <laughs> uh, Alita wins supremacy. Want to be a guest on the show? Send us an email, two mics, two furious at gmail.com. Interact with us on social media. You can follow Two Mics Too Furious on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Two Mics Too Furious. And raise your voice. Leave us a voicemail message at 260. 260- 274 Mike. Again, that's 260 274 6453.
Transformers Animated does this crazy thing where it sort of like snubs its nose at the original property but also pays like loving care to it like they flip all the characters and uh, you know kind of like the stereotypes of them uh on their ear but then they also just like pay this loving respect to the original cast and i just think that's so cool and 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 you can kind of see that reflected in fandom because uh it's kind of you know i hate to say universal but it's almost universally loved i mean it's uh it's really liked by everyone whether you're like hard school g1er or you know kind of a new face to the to the show it seems like he's got this phobia of uh, uh spiders and it is just kind of funny because it is it is just straight up black arachnia looking spider i mean because so and th- and that's what i mean so like even for like a first time viewer i clocked that i was like oh this yeah. is the black arachnia episode okay cool nod there got yeah. it got it and even then when you meet uh optimus and sentinel and alita um it's interesting, and again, thinking about things from like a toyetic standpoint, it, it you can tell that the the character design of Alita is basically a pre-tool of uh, of Black Arachnia. So I mean, you know, yeah. she, she's got like got like the 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 larger trunk, a uh, very similar body type, and a lot of like the same bits. Well, she's she's great in this episode and she's a really cool character design alita one um and i love her sort of like rogue power where she can like download other bots powers um that's pretty cool that's that's a nice little nod and then also another box this checks for me it's not as grand and storytelling wise but i love sentinel prime uh i know he's kind of like the asshole of the show but he's such a cool design that i just i'm I, i'm so excited to get any any content with him in it. That's a man. So, so a couple other things to uh, go off there. I, I didn't piece it together that it's uh that it's rogue, you know, like, like the, oh, the, yeah. absor- the absorbing power, because like, yeah. um, it, it's, it's interesting. Cause like the, the, the first few times it's like Sentinel says it and Optimus says it. Um, they're like, use your power, use your power. Or, or she's like, okay, well, I'm going to use my power here. And I'm like, what is, she? and it isn't until like, she does it a few times. It was when she like pops up with, uh, Optimus's, uh, uh, grapple gun, uh, emulate and duplicate other Autobots powers. Cause like th- there's the whole contention of like, oh, you know, my power doesn't work on organics, but it was yeah. like, what I, what I love is that it doesn't hold your hand and explain everything. Like I, I delighted in having to actually watch the episode and figure things out through context where it's like, Oh, that's what her power is. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, yeah. They just keep calling it that. It's like, Oh, okay, well I'll use my power, you know, my power, this, my power, that. Well, not to keep tooting Marty Eisenberg's horn, but that's something he's really good at. Like uh, I think a lot of, cartoons now have kind of well they've definitely gone to like a shorter episode length but a lot of shows have lost that sort of like you know don't talk down to the viewer um don't just hit them over the head with a hammer of everything you want to do right away there is sort of this unpacking element to the to this series in general that's a lot of fun Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely this flashback uh oh it it's the three of them it's optimus and sentinel and alita and so um because i i think that that's how they refer to each other you know optimus and sentinel yeah are either are 
either of them prime at this point? Like, is it is is Sentinel uh, Sentinel Prime, or no. or is that? Is, I don't know if that's a spoiler or not. But like, yeah, I don't know, and I don't know if it's a spoiler or not either. Um, I can't remember if they've kind of used that sort of loosely or or what. I know. Yeah, I think I think maybe they are. I think maybe. I mean, this is totally without looking up anything. I think that'll sure, be the yeah, fun yeah. of this. But uh-huh, I think uh-huh. I think Prime is sort of like a like not as high of a delegation as it is in the other continuity, um, because uh, maybe this is a little bit of a spoiler. Okay. Later on, we see Ultra Magnus, and the Magnus is actually the mm-hmm. highest like ranking title. So I think it would. I don't know if they do say Prime in this, but I feel like it wouldn't be wrong if they did. Like likely okay, Sentinel gotcha. Prime is a, also a prime. Got it. So it, it's yeah. So it, it could be something like it's a it's a lower ranked designation. So so yeah. it stands to reason that either or both could be prime at, right. at this point. It's, it's more of a rank than a title. Yeah, um, yeah. And and um, another spoiler alert: why I love the series so much is because there's it does make ultra Magnus like the best bot in the biz. And you know, I'm a huge ultra Magnus <laughs> fan. So having him, having the Magnus actually be like a rank is really cool. That sounds super metal. The Magnus man, 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 yeah. man, man. I, I love it. That's that. That's that's super rad. Um, I also want to talk about the dynamic between these three characters. So in this continuity and obviously never seen, um, Alita before. Um, I, I I want to talk about and ask about the dynamic a little bit because like it, their dynamic strikes me as almost kind of a hot rod Springer RC situation. Like, you know, in, in more traditional continuity, you know, Alita is more paired with Optimus, you know, and, and, um, but here, based upon how upset he is, it almost seems like he's I, either there together or he's uh, um, uh, fixated on her or something. Sentinel seems way more upset than Optimus does when uh, Optimus says that they they need to that they need to leave. They need to um, uh, leave Alita behind because you know they they can't detect her um, her um, uh, life spark or life essence or whatever whatever yeah, it yeah. was. We've seen that Optimus has this. Um, irrational fear of spiders and and everybody's uh picking on him about that um uh you you get well, first you get of all the, i don't think there's such a thing as an irrational fear of spiders they are yeah, very scary enough. everyone has the right to be rationally afraid of spiders maybe, maybe disproportionate is uh yeah, is, yeah, yeah, is, yeah. A, is a better way to describe it go. because <laughs> because again it's like anytime he sees a uh spider it triggers the uh flashback it like you know he has a, he has a very has a very uh intense visceral reaction to it yeah and they have this great moment um where when they first kind of spot maybe i'm skipping around a little bit but when, when they have that great moment of like um uh bumblebee sees the giant spider for the first time and you're kind of something's going on and then you find out that optimus has been like listening in <laughs> i love that oh, and he's yeah. like have you been listening to this the whole time and then that's such a great moment because not only it's as funny but you're like uh optimus is sort of like i was right something's up this isn't just a weird night where i'm remembering you know 
thing, something's up, and he like rolls out and joins them. Like I, I, I really like that moment. And, and then um, again, a great animation gag where you have Bumblebee zipping all over uh, uh, Bulkhead's just just massive size. And I, I like what you can do with with uh, Bumblebee being such a a small character and Bulkhead being such a large character. You can play around with that, and yeah. I thought that was that was really fun. And I think it's it's little moments like that that again kind of. Um, indicate to me why folks think this series is so special because you can't you can't do stuff like that in in a Netflix show. You know, j- just little yeah. bits of visual humor. But one of the things that I clocked, and I I don't know the um, implications of the mythology of it. But at one point when Optimus and Alita are, are fighting these spiders, you see the black arachnia helmet sitting on the floor of the cave. Yeah. And I saw that. And, and again, I knew basically once I knew what was going to happen, I knew what had happened. But I, I still don't know if I understood what the significance was of seeing that and then how that ends up happening and she fully uh, transforms into uh, black arachnia. I wonder if she's like, cause you know, when, when she tries to use the all spark on herself to purge the, the um, organic, organic matter. I, yeah. 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 And, and it doesn't work because it's so intertwined into her being now that, you know, she can't live without Which is uh, a heartbreaking moment, by the way. Like, Oh yeah. Suddenly she's not the bad guy anymore. And you're just like, Oh, bummer. Like, bummer <laughs> yeah and i love like to your point yeah the the black arachnia sort of uh you know character just drops off of her when she's having her like the transformation's not working thing and then you see that moment of alita one again and it's like oh yeah this this voice actor really is playing like two characters in one um and that's really cool that they that they went there and this is also you know another uh, another like more evidence for great writing because you have it's definitely a nod back to um black arachnia black black arachnia being in beast or sort of like a like a not really not really in the decepticon cause right like she or i guess you know it was um predicon then but but in this she's she's sort of just like along for the ride because she has to right like she got turned into this thing um you brought up the helmet which i think is cool because i didn't actually notice until this viewing that they showed that even though it's like so obvious i was like oh i never noticed that it was on the floor of the decepticon ship so she's sort of picking up this mantle of a decepticon um but not actually being a decepticon and that maybe almost has like a like a Mandalorian vibe too, if you want to go there. Yeah, yeah, totally. And in like I, I'm incredulous about it. it's like, oh, you threw in with them, you know, pointing to her uh, Decepticon symbol, and it, it's just mm-hmm. like, well, what else am I supposed to do? They they yeah. accept. Yeah, and you left me right, like right. Yeah. What was she, what literally, what could she have done? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, it's one of those things where like, there's enough uh, dramatic weight for like, 
you you understand where all of the characters are coming from. Perspective. It's like, well, we're getting overrun. Uh, we can't detect her life essence or life spark. We need to get out of here. And Sentinel's like, yeah. well, no, we have to go back. It's like, well, but we can't. So you understand where they're coming from. But yeah. likewise, you you totally understand where where Alita slash uh, Black Arachnia is coming from because yeah, I mean they they abandoned her and and she you know has has literally a super villain origin story yeah, um yeah and, and and that and that's something i like too and you don't see that a lot in more traditional transformers fiction you don't you don't necessarily see like actual super villains with like you know marvel super villain stories like oh no i got doused with a vat of chemicals or something like that so it's like you know black arachnia has the this really cool super villain story with with a uh, um, a, a dash of uh, tragic backstory on top of it, but then also a little bit of empowerment where, like you said, you know, she, she puts on the helmet and takes on the, uh, the identity, the mantle of yeah. black arachnia and, and throws in with the, the Decepticons. I mean, it's like, so for me, it's just like, it's thumbs up all the way. It's like, I, I really enjoyed that uh, movement of, of the plot but then you also get uh kind of get some real stakes here because like you could see that it's having very real consequences not just on the environment and i i love how they just rolled that out gradually it's like you know you don't like you see the 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 genesis wave coming out but you don't really yeah. entirely have a handle on what it's doing like you know you see like leaves changing color it's like you know, what's actually happening it's not until you cut back to uh to sorry that you really understand the consequences of uh of what's going on and I think that's, you know, to our point earlier, I think this is why you need humans in Transformers because, like, it's really not until um, the uh, the rescue of Sorry that you really kind of, you know, see that. Yeah. And I think, uh, well, it's so silly to me when people kind of, like, scoff at the human element because the human element is at the core of like what Optimus Prime's character has always been the sort of freedom is the right of all sentient beings. He's the defender of whatever planet he's on, that sort of thing that like you, you kind of need that, that, that sort of element of Optimus, uh, it makes him really interesting. Like he will sacrifice, you know, himself and, and, you know, even, even in the movies, which obviously you're not a big fan of, but like, he's, he's very, he, he puts, uh, earth first when you're, when you're putting, you yeah. know, w there's a chance that Cybertron could come back and, and he puts it on the line because he's like, well, we can't just pick, we can't just pick Cybertron over earth. And I don't think a lot of people would make that same choice. And so talking about the, um, the sorry's transformation or like the, the, I don't know, the aging Ray or whatever you want to call it. That's cool for a couple of reasons. One, like you said, it shows like the real, uh, you know, ramifications of this war on this planet, but also it, it's another moment to put like a throwback or a nod to transform or it's not transformers like horror movies in general. Right. We got a little, uh, split second of like an aliens type thing with the spiders eggs hatching. And now we're getting sort of like a zombie, like corpse type of a thing that's happening. So they are, they are sort of smartly putting little like horror Halloween elements into this Halloween episode. Um, 
But at the same time, this is a crucial episode. This answers a lot of questions from the first episode. It sets up one of the main villains. It could have just been a throwaway trick-or-treating type thing. And instead, we're getting like a really meaty story out of the Halloween special. Yeah. I was uh, Also, if I can touch on the uh, sorry rescue one last time. Yeah. Um, I was hoping you maybe picked up on this, but there's a great moment when, uh, you know, she gets thrown over the edge. That's not a great moment. But, but I mean, when when uh, Bumblebee and Bulkhead come to her rescue, there's a total like Colossus Wolverine thing, right? Because because uh, Bulkhead actually throws. Oh like, yeah, the fastball special. Like, Hell yeah, that's throw. right. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that has to be a nod to that moment, right? Like Bumblebee's almost oh, kind of Wolverine colored as is, and then you have the big bulky metal guy. I was like, perfect, perfect little nod in there. That that's rad. I didn't quite uh, connect those dots, but you're absolutely right. Is when Optimus chasing Black Arachnia, he is just stomping around on the roof. I'm just like, just be a truck, <laughs> drive, 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 drive. You know, right. that, that you you could probably drive faster. But I I do like though that they they show the. Uh, consequences of giant robots tromping and stomping around. I mean, you know, he's doing damage yeah. to these rooftops as as uh, as he's running around in that in that um, uh, pursuit, which is a detail that you know could easily be overlooked or or forgotten about. Um, um, Just to touch on that real quick, I also think too um, there's something sort of relatable that that maybe Transformers don't always know exactly when they should turn into vehicles. Like that adds a lot of humanity to him too, because yeah, we as a viewer can go, Oh, he should be a car here. He shouldn't be running, but you as a person don't always make the exact right choice. I mean, to switch modes or to like, you know, it, it is a matter of, to them, it's a matter of like physicality and, and instinct. And sometimes that just doesn't come up. You're too distracted by something else. I mean, how many times of the day are you like fighting to like unlock a door carrying something? And it's like, well, if I just set this down, I could walk through this door. You know, I, I feel like it's something like that. And it sort of adds like a, like a human element to these big robots. Yeah, I think we I think we covered quite a bit, but yeah, there is the you know the finale moments where it sort of ends on like you know it's not necessarily like a traditional cliffhanger, but there is that moment of like there's something left hanging between Optimus and Black Arachnia. Um, I I think it was just a really cool. It's a really I don't obviously you don't have the luxury of watching this episode within where it was, but this episode like really broke the mold of like. The, or the formula of how the show had been going, you know, all of a sudden it's this weird like flashback thing and we're introducing black arachnia. And then it's sort of this really personal story. They didn't involve any of the other cast. There's no star scream. There's no, other, you know, this is just a very personal story that kind of ended up being about Optimus and Alita. And we sort of see that uh, that's how it ended. Like it didn't end with like a funny joke or a laugh. It ended with, you know, her on this sort of rooftop being sad, tragic character. And I think that was just a really kind of bold choice. 